Hey there, I'm Jesse Hall, and I'm your host for Business Elite Brevard Edition, the podcast that brings you all of the influencers, innovators, and industry leaders from right here on the Space Coast. And hello, good morning. This is Jesse Hall, and I am your host for Business Elite Brevard Edition. And I have a special guest in the studio today. Reminder, uh, we are live on Facebook. So try to catch all of our shows at Space Coast uh, Podcast Facebook page. And I want to encourage everybody listening to go ahead and offer a question or comment. And if we have time, we're going to go review those questions and see if we can help you out, clear some things up. It's going to be an action-packed hour because there's so much going on here on the Space Coast. We're seeing a lot of development. There's a lot of questions I know people have. You know, when there's a new construction site uh, that just magically appears overnight and lanes are closed and now your commute just took a little bit longer and and you need somebody to blame. Well, we're going to find that person here today. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But if you ever want to be in the know and if you ever want to have a heads up of what's going on, what lane closures, what... Uh, bridges are going to be replaced, what infrastructure is going on. Uh, the Space Coast TPO is a great resource. And representing them, uh, it's our pleasure to introduce you, Georgiana Gillette with the Space Coast TPO. Good morning. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, once again, it's, um, it's one of those topics that, for me, I get passionate about. So I hope other people share in the passion. If not, I'm just going to do this selfishly and get to know what's going on in our community regarding uh, transportation needs, how we're dealing with uh, the pedestrians, the cyclists, everybody sharing the road, uh, again, re replacing bridges, uh, dealing with the increase in traffic and population here. So when you see cones go down and lane closures, you want to be ahead of it. You don't want for you to be a surprise and now your commute you know, is going to make you late for work. If you have your finger on the pulse of the TPO, you're going to know well in advance as to what's coming up. Uh, and then, as the public, you can challenge it or dispute it or ask more questions, inquire about it, instead of after the fact being reactive, and now it's happened, and now you're like, who's responsible? And uh, <laughs> I don't know if that really helps. Yes, you know. yes. Very good point. So, as with every episode... I like to dive in first to get to know the guests, let uh, the audience learn more about uh, you as a person before mm -hmm. we dive into the functionality of the TPO and, and what your responsibility is with the TPO. Um, so Georgiana, uh, were you always in Florida or, or did you grow up somewhere else? Yes, I am a Floridian, uh, born and raised uh, in North Florida, a little town called Live Oak. Uh, Live Oak is beautiful. Yes. Suwannee. Uh, right on the Suwannee yeah. River. Um, it's actually the home of the Spirit of the Suwannee Music Park, if you've ever attended any uh, uh, music festivals mm -hmm. uh, up there. But it is quite beautiful. Um, so, you know, I enjoyed canoeing on the Suwannee River, uh, fishing, uh, sitting around a bonfire, you know, uh, talking. And, you know, it was a very relaxed lifestyle when I was growing up. Um, you know, my mom was a school bus driver for 35 years, and my dad was a mechanic. Oh. And they were uh, uh, very hard workers. They mm. took pride in, in what they 
did. Our grandparents sure. lived right next door to us. And, um, you know, we had uh, a very large vegetable garden that, you know, we always had fresh vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, we always had to work in the garden. Um, we had massive uh, pecan trees. Oh, pecans. And, of course, that was one of our jobs. We had to pick up pecans um, uh, all the time. And um, it, it was just a very, it, it was a great way to grow up, I'll have to say. I, I, I mean, I, I can only... There was visuals of you know picking up pecans from from under big old oaks and uh, Spanish moss hanging around, yes. and it, it must have been just glorious. It, it was. It wonderful. sounds like it sounds like a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, the Suwannee River. You know, they write songs about this river. So, That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, in North Florida, you know, so you were closer to Tallahassee. Correct. Um, and, and and some some of those areas. Um, so what made you come down to South Florida or well, Central Florida? Um, you know, after uh, high school, um, you, I, uh, I got married. Um, and, of course, uh, my husband uh, was in the Army. So we he immediately got stationed uh, in Germany. Okay. And so we took off and uh, we went to Germany for a few years. And it was just an absolutely wonderful experience. Uh, I had my daughter in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um even though the marriage didn't last, um, I have a, a beautiful and kind daughter that I couldn't Excellent. be more proud of. But I immediately, um, when I, I moved back home, right where I started, mm. and I immediately uh, started looking for a job. And um, uh, I ended up getting a couple of jobs, uh, ended up working for uh, an attorney okay. for a couple of years. Loved that, but he received a judgeship, so that job didn't work out. <laughs> and then there was a, a, a job uh, at the Florida Department of Transportation. Mm. And so um, I applied for that job. It was in bridge inspection. Um, Fascinating. Received um, certification for bridge inspection. And, and I worked in project management, uh, overseeing some of their local government and um, complex uh, bridges. Mm. And um, I met my husband um, in 2000. Um, someone, uh, actually a mutual friend, it was his sister, introduced us. Oh, and keep it. Yes. And <laughs> um, he uh, was living in Titusville. Mm. And working at the Kennedy Space Center uh, for United Space Alliance. Oh, excellent. And, Great organization. Uh, yes. And so after uh, a couple of years, uh, we hit it off, of course. Mm-hmm. And a uh, couple years down the road, um, it became clear that uh, one of us was going to have to relocate. And, um, and it was probably going to be me. Uh, because there isn't a, a large uh, aerospace industry uh, up in North Florida. <laughs> sure. I know. Understood. Understood. So, you know, that's how I ended up really in, uh, in Central Florida. Uh, I applied for a planner position mm-hmm. uh, with the Florida Department of Transportation at the Orlando Urban Office. Gotcha. And it was totally different. I had, uh, you know, I knew nothing about planning. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I knew that if I was given a chance, I could do the job. And, um, and I, I got hired. And uh, so that was in 2002. So that is what brought me to the Central Florida area. Fascinating. So you kind of like followed love. I did. <laughs> love brought you to the Space Coast. Uh, so after all the education, the certifications, relocating, um, did you always work with the Space Coast TPO? Um, well, you know, work. I worked eight years with the DOT um, okay. office in Orlando. Wow, that's a so, long time. So that was eight, eight more years. So right. it was a total of 18 years with FDOT. And the eight years um, working uh, at the Orlando office, 
we, um, I was working with metropolitan planning organizations, transportation planning organizations, mm. and it was an opportunity for me to really kind of under, uh, you know, uh, get certified uh, in urban transportation planning, mm. uh, learn more about modeling, uh, highway program financing, and um, and so I attended um, some courses through the National Highway Institute. Uh, it was USDOT courses, and and it's just a wonderful opportunity uh, to get certification and training as um, you know transportation professionals and and so that's what I did Mm -hmm. Um, and I uh, towards the end um, of my tenure with DOT I um, I will tell you that the commute was starting to get a little long I was commuting from uh, Orlando to Merritt Island we had purchased a home on Merritt Island at that time nice great area and so the last year the commute was starting to get a little old and my predecessor, uh, Mr. Bob Com, who was mm-hmm. the director of the TPO for um, 28 years or so, he had an opening, and he said, "Would you like to come and work for me?" And I, I didn't even hesitate. It, it felt right, right. Um, which I was quite surprised because you know, 18 years with DOT, they were my family. Right. Yeah. And, absolutely. Uh, and that so must be hard to leave. It, it was. It really wasn't, uh, okay. surprisingly, um, because it just felt so right, and, and I don't believe in coincidences, so I, I took it, and um, um, the well, rest is history. <laughs> it sounds like the universe uh, responded then. You know, when you said, yes. please short my commute, they're like, here you go. It happened within a month. <laughs> wow. See, the power of suggestion. <laughs> yes, I totally believe yes, in it. Yes, yes, yes. Take control of your destiny. Um, so that brings us, to, you know, were, were you always... And your title's director? Correct. Okay. Uh, no, I uh, was the transportation program manager. Okay. And so I worked with project priorities, uh, the bike ped program, um, um, you know, several different areas, uh, public involvement program. Mm. Um, but my director, uh, he uh, was up for retirement. And so right. he retired um, uh, around April of last year in 2018. And, um, and so... I uh, was able to step into his role, um, and I was very thankful for the position. Yeah, no doubt. And it's a wonderful opportunity, and um, and I'm very blessed uh, to to be here in this position. And I think the Space Coast is blessed to have you at the position. Um, you've been doing some great things at the helm, so we're going to dive into that uh, in just a little bit. Tell us about your current uh, family and what you do for fun. Well, I have... Um, we have four children between us. Wow, the um, Brady Bunch. Yes, and four grandchildren. Wow, exciting. Um, yes, and uh, so my daughter actually works um, out at the Kennedy Space Center, and um, she is a uh, area integrator uh, for cool. a NASA processing facility. So she mostly works at Launch Complex 39B, mm-hmm. uh, which is where the SLS rocket. Yeah, that's uh, a busy pad. Yes, yeah. and so they'll be sending the first woman and the next man uh, to the moon. So uh, How very exciting. proud. Yes, very exciting. So she absolutely loves her job, and she's been out there since um, shortly after high school. Okay. So uh, she she's doing very well. My husband uh, has retired uh, okay. from uh, well the United Space Alliance. Um, they kind of disintegrated mm-hmm. um, but he retired so uh, he stays at home and takes care of our home very cool and he does a wonderful job and our cat yes. very important job <laughs> very important she's the queen of the house <laughs> exactly. and um, 
And all of our children, you know, they're grown and they uh, have, um, you know, um, very wonderful lives, very happy, uh, are married. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we just really couldn't be happier, very blessed in, in that respect. What do we like to do for fun? Yes. We love to hike. Uh, we just got back from uh, Colorado. Um, oh, we great hiking up there. Yes. And um, we, uh, it was just outside Vail. We went on a, a long hiking trip. That was fabulous. And um, we love to go to the beach. I love to cook. I mm -hmm. love to make dishes that I've never made before. Okay, um, an adventurous cook. Yes. How yes. does the family enjoy that? My husband loves it. Do you, so you win more than you lose. Yes, yes. I do. <laughs> I do. Thankfully, thanks right. to the Food Network. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Rachel, hey. It's, um, it's an amazing tool. <laughs> I know, I know. And I also love the kitchen. Um, and even though I much prefer eating out because I'm afraid of dishes. <laughs> I'm yes, yes. But certainly um, the, the nice long walks, the days at the beach and, and cooking, uh, that pretty much fulfills the, the when you're not in the office. That's pretty much your lifestyle. Well, and uh, I love uh, I love to read. Mm -hmm. um, I like mysteries. I uh, I love um, self help type sure. books. Yeah, it's like I'm a searcher. I'm always right. searching to be better, do better. And yeah, and constantly uh, improve. Con constantly improving. Exactly. So that's just something I think I will be that way till to the day I die. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not a bad way to be. So thanks for tuning in, all of us uh, that are live. I'm going to go just take a little pause, and uh, so that'll complete our first segment. Uh, just getting to know Georgiana here a little bit more personally. When we come back. Uh, again, don't go anywhere. We're going to be diving into the roles of the TPO and some future projects. And I don't know, there's uh, maybe some things that we could uh, uncover and reveal for some of our listeners that maybe not everybody uh, understands or knows just yet. So tune in. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Kid Chronic. And I'm Trees. You're listening to the Ruthless Politics Podcast. Where we bring you ruthlessly sharp political commentary every Tuesday. Listen every week and become that much smarter. This ain't. Hello, America. We are Ruthless Politics, Vladimir Putin's favorite podcast. Hello, American podcast listeners. I am Vladimir Putin. I like this podcast. I like this guy, Trees. <laughs> Kid groaning, not so much. Tune in every Tuesday for Ruthless Politics Podcast, live from Moscow. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Live from the Space Coast Podcast <laughs> Studios in sunny Florida. No, no, but for real, every Tuesday, check it out, and you can see it on the YouTube, the Facebook, and the Twitter and Instagram. You're listening to Space Coast Podcast, home of the greatest podcasts on the Space Coast. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or having your own show, Email us at SpaceCoastPodcast at Hotmail.com. Space Coast Podcast. Talk hard! All right. I promised it was going to be nice and short and sweet. Uh, what you heard was a promo from uh, Ruthless Politics. They'll be joining us in the studio this afternoon. So don't miss that. Again, if you're watching on our live feed 
and you have some comments, concerns, suggestions, whatever you may uh, be uh, kind of uh, inquiring about in your head, uh, leave us a comment. We'd love to maybe address that on the air as we're broadcasting here live on a beautiful Tuesday here in uh, Central Florida. So once again, Georgiana's in the uh, Georgiana's in the studio. She is again your director of the Space Coast TPO, your Transportation Planning Organization, is a correct uh, acronym. Uh, so the TPO. Let's dive in. What is it, and why should people care? All right, <laughs> that's a very good question. Well, we are the body designated under federal law that's responsible for transportation planning here in Brevard County. Gotcha. So our role is really to coordinate state and federal transportation funding. And uh, so th this, is, this is taxpayers' dollars. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a very important uh, focus that we have. So the TPO looks at the big picture right. um, you know, of transportation. We are coordinating between all the different transportation agencies um, and the local governments. So our TPO governing board has 19 elected officials, mm -hmm. um, five county commissioners, one port commissioner, and we have 13 city council members. Oh. So um, that is that comprises our governing board. We have a technical and citizens advisory committee that right. meets prior to the TPO governing board, and um, and they make recommendations and and uh, basically hear all of the presentations. Um, and they make recommendations to the TPO board. So it's very important. It's the mm -hmm. opportunity where the citizens can definitely be involved at all of those meetings. Right. As far as the key duties and function, right. um, you know, one of our key duties is really to develop a long-range transportation plan. It's to identify what the improvements are going to be needed mm -hmm. over the next 25 years. Um, so you almost have to uh, uh, predict the future. You know, got that you crystal ball. Have, yeah. You got to have a crystal ball, <laughs> and um, you, we use the best available uh, sciences uh, to do the forecast. Sure. Um, you know, those are models. Uh, trips are not made for the sake of traveling; they're made to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to engage in an activity. You know, to workshop, study, or play. Um, so we use a, a computer simulation model that converts the population mm -hmm. and employment into traffic and assigns it to roads. We compare those future volumes uh, with the standards on how much uh, a road can carry, mm -hmm. and then you know, we see where the, the future deficiencies are likely to be. So you know, that really provides the, the vision for right. transportation uh, investments over the next 25 years. Um, the DOT gives us forecasts. Mm -hmm. on predicted uh, funding, state and federal funding, that we would be receiving over the 25 years. Gotcha. Because as you lay out your projects, you ha it has to be cost feasible. Now, keep in mind, mm -hmm. you know, costs change, but, but it must be in line. You have to have a cost feasible plan and then a needs plan. And if it can't fit into the cost feasible plan, then it gets over into the needs column. Mm -hmm. um, and so... You know, land use policy is also a big part of that. You know, um, you know, we always want to have mixed use, um, higher density developments. Um, you know, with greater opportunities for biking and, and pedestrian activities. Sure. You know, when you improve an arterial, say you take it from two to three lanes, um, you get better accessibility. Mm -hmm. But then 
people may find that it's economically wise to change the land use and put in homes or, or uh, shopping. Sure. And so then you're back where you were uh, to begin with. Right. And so it's a circular um, cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to keep revisiting the same yes. things. Yeah. And so it, it is important. Um, we we uh, coordinate with our local governments with their comprehensive plans um, because comp- comprehensive plans are five-year plans and our long-range plans are 25-year plans. And the two need to be talking. Right. And so uh, we are, are working to do better coordination so we can all be on the same page. Makes sense, yeah. Um, we also monitor performance of the transportation system. Uh, every year we take traffic counts. We look at where the congestion is, um, safety, where mm-hmm. the accidents are. Um, we have a lot of different performance monitoring that we do uh, to see how these corridors are performing. And that lets us know where the problems are. Um, because um, even though it, it, if it's a smaller project that's not been identified in the long-range plan, because mm-hmm. things come up, of course, um, then we can work with the local government or the DOT, and we can develop um, projects that way. Mm-hmm. And if it's a large project, then we would need to amend the long-range plan to get it in. So that's part of what we do. Um, you know, and then um, probably one of the most important things we do is to develop a priority list right uh, project priority list and we do that by working with our local governments mm-hmm. um, and these are projects that we are we submit to the DOT right for s- state and federal funding and um, it's where the planning meets the money and really that's what it's all about it's bringing uh, funding into Brevard County to fund these very um, important projects so we can have better mobility and it's good for economic development as well here in Brevard County. So well, absolutely. You know, there's only sometimes where construction may impede a business, and it's temporary. And I know there's Correct. mitigation. You know, think you know things for that kind of thing because you still need to uh, ingress, egress. Correct. You know, to some of these businesses, even though they're improving the sidewalks, roads, what what may have you. Um, so, so to to get ahead of this, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to advocate for the the community. To become more involved mm-hmm. and take a position. If you know you're a business uh, that's going to be affected by a change in uh, a route um, or even a um, uh, a pattern of traffic, mm-hmm. then certainly you know you should get ahead of it Absolutely. and you know say, hey, I would. Can I recommend this uh, instead of again after the fact? And then you're just you're just looking for someone to blame for your loss of business or whatever may have you and. Um, because, you know, you may want to consider not renewing a lease. You know, you may want to consider um, relocating or, or, you know, maybe getting a second location. So, you know, that's easier to find and, and, and access. So there's a lot of things that a business can can do if they are in the know and they have, again, you know, uh, access to what the TPO is doing actively. I know you guys have a great website, and we're going to dive into that in a little bit, okay. uh, where some of the community can find the things. You know, you have a counter events. You were, you were mentioning that you just updated, and, and you guys constantly update it. Mm-hmm. So there's always going to be something. I mean, I found you guys at a local library. It was a free event. It's not hard. That was if, our annual open house. Yes, and if, and if, you, if you want to get involved, if you want to be there asking the questions, uh, 
then you guys make it accessible. You Absolutely. know, I think you guys do a great job with that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Is that a priority? It is, an, it is a very important priority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are not the implementing agency. We're right. the planning agency. But we are in the loop with mm-hmm. the DOT and the local governments. And so we want to make sure that we have as much uh, information on our website. Um, we have a distribution list uh, that you can sign up for on our website right. and, um, and get email blasts on things that are happening. Um, and so it is extremely important uh, that we have the public involved throughout the process. Even uh, we're in the process of, of developing our new long-range plan. Now, I understand that's a 25-year plan. Sure. And it is hard sometimes to, to get members of the public to attend uh, that. But we're looking at the long-term vision. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of people take the surveys uh, on our website. Oh, that, good. That survey has closed, so uh, we were very excited about that. That's excellent. Um, so that was, you know, that's another tool. Yeah, um, great engagement. Yeah. Yes. Um, but as projects come up, mm-hmm. um, the DOT uh, will hold, um, you know, uh, public meetings. Right. And, um, and I would definitely encourage all of the citizens to attend. Uh, and if you can't attend... Uh, they have a public information officer. You can submit those comments online. You mm-hmm. can submit them to the TPO as well, and I will, you know, we will make sure right. that they um, they get entered into the record. Um, but definitely, um, you know, I think that it is really important that you be engaged throughout mm-hmm. the process. And there's lots of opportunities. Right. But once, um, it, say, if it's a widening project and the department starts buying right of way. It is definitely too late right. at that point. And um, so the earlier, the better. Um, you know, we, we want to know what's important uh, to our citizens. Exactly. It starts from the ground up. Right. It's, it should not be from the top down. It starts from the ground up. And so uh, public involvement is extremely important uh, to us at the TPO. That's awesome. And is that part of your culture with your team? And, and go, getting back to your team, how, how big is the office? We have nine uh, staff members. Okay. And uh, we, we have our own public information officer. Right. She, uh, Abby does a fabulous job yes. uh, since we've had her. She, we have been reaching groups that um, we've never um, reached before. Oh, fascinating. And, um, you know, we, we um, attend the millennials group because that was an area that we really wanted to get. Yes. Um, you know, we want to do more in uh, reaching out to the disadvantaged um, uh, folks as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to actively get everyone's opinion. You know, what's important to you? Right. You know, is it transit? Is it, um, you know, walking and biking? Right. So um, it is, it is very much a part of our culture. It's really who we are. Um, you know, like I said, we're a creature of federal law. So right. that is also, uh, you know, a requirement um, that, you know, the planning process be predominantly about public engagement. Exactly. So you develop a culture within your team to be out there, getting involved, mm-hmm. uh, getting input and feedback from the community. So that's already pretty I mean, that's significant. You know, yes. not, not a lot of people, uh, organizations may do that. I, you know, I wish more city government, you know, had somebody that would go out and, and do the networking. You know, the, the mayors, and, I'm, and I know some of the councilmen, you know, are, they have lives of their own. But to be proactive and get out there, stay ahead of things, and just, ha- and just know that your organization, your department cares. Yes. And you want to be involved and, you know, again, get some reactions, get some mm-hmm. feedback. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we're thinking about doing this. 
uh, well, this is, you know, what do you guys think? Mm -hmm. uh, these are all important questions. I think that uh, not only the, the, the citizenry, you know, citizen, citizenry <laughs> and the community would like to, you know, be, be approached with different things, you know, especially if it's going to affect your, your, the tax base. Uh, it's going to affect, you know, uh, if, it's, if it involves a school or even a local road or even a park. Uh, people should have someone that they know that they could reach out to and be like, hey, I heard this is, you know, going on. And it, not only does it kind of defeat the rumor mill, because, you mm -hmm. know, there's some things that, you know, people get an idea and then it's it's carried away. And then bef before, you know, the, the city and the, and the government uh, reacts to it, it's already become wildfire and, and it's a false narrative and it has nothing to do with yes. the, the original policy or, or whatever was discovered. And, uh, and, and so to prevent those things, again, mm -hmm. education, being, being in the forefront um, and, and being a liaison bet between that department, whatever, whatever yes. you're doing in government. Right. Um, so now that we've kind of uncovered the functions of the TPO and some of the uh, uh, policies that you guys have and, and, and priorities, um, do you share, you guys collect a lot of data. We do. Do you share that with like Space Coast Area Transit or other departments so that they could better manage their routes or anything like that? Yes. We, um, w you know, Space Coast Area Transit is under the, the Board of County Commissioners. Okay. But we have started having um, uh, quarterly meetings with them. Cool. Um, because we want to know how we can work together. Yeah, I think that'd be important. And um, and so, you know, the, the the thing about transit, they they uh, we we just did an ADA um, accessibility um, uh, study. Very um, important. And so we have all that information, and so. Uh, we have a staff member in our office uh, meeting uh, with uh, um, the planner from Space Coast Area Transit, Terry, and uh, they're going around and meeting with the individual local governments to find Perfect. out how to make those improvements at the bus stops. Right. Um, you know, whether they be, you know, shelters or the pads uh, for the buses to pull up right. to make them ADA compliant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, funding is another um, issue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there seems to be funding and, and uh, money for capital for buses but when it comes to operations to to have more routes right that tends to be the problem you mm. know you need to have drivers and so you know there's limitations on how you can use certain funding sure. and, and so there's plenty of money for capital but not so much for operations gotcha and so that makes sense you know um and that's something i think the board of county commissioners is uh working with and, and we want to see how we can help um mm. space coast area transit in the future um that is very very important um that that be considered right um you know it's not just about tourists you know we have a, a lot of folks that depend on transit mm. as tr their mode of transportation yeah and uh, and they work two and three jobs and um and we need to be considering them um, when we plan uh, for transportation as well. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen some uh, uh, PSAs <laughs> from SCAT, and uh, they have, a, I believe his name is Jim Reidenauer, who does, like, Ride with Jim, and it's like a whole series, and I have saw, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, even local uh, politicians um, go on these tours mm -hmm. and learn about the functions of, of, of you know, transit yes. um, and help promote it because, yes. you know, if people start using the trolleys mm -hmm. and uh and and just knowing that they're there um of course making it safer with pads and and other you know stop improvements uh i think people would 
kind of find it fun. Oh, um, absolutely. Some people don't understand. You know, for a dollar, I can put my beach cruiser on the front of a bus, hop on in Sally Beach, take the 24 to 13th Street South, and Cocoa Beach, take the 9 all the way to the port if you wanted to. But right. I usually get off at like Shepherd's uh, Park or Minuteman, and um, and it cost me a dollar. And now I got my beach cruiser. I'm all the way up the coast, mm-hmm. um, and you know I could always count on a ride back. Absolutely. And, and it's you know if you plan ahead, then you could really have a good time, make an adventure out of it. Um, you know they encourage you to bring. Uh, bikes and surfboards and everything else on there, you know, so it's not just for students. It's right. not for people who can't drive. Absolutely. Um, I think everybody should take advantage of it and learn how to, to use public transit a little bit more. Um, anyway, that's we are, we me had advocating. Our, we, we had our staff members uh, um, go on a, uh, a trip. They took yes. us and, and we you know, learned how to ride it. And right. we went to different places and, um, and, uh, Actually, there's a Ride with Jim event coming up. So oh, cool. you're absolutely right. It is. Uh, they're very nice buses. They're gorgeous. And, and, they're um, generous. I've been on them several times, mm-hmm. and um, and I think people should really start taking advantage of them more and more. I'm saying, you know, I mean, uh, especially when, uh, you know, in my instance, you know, I don't want to pub crawl and then drive home. <laughs> exactly. I want to ride my bike, have a couple stops, you know, maybe Coconuts and Jonathan's and a couple other uh area places and um and then take the bus casually back and not not risk you know you know getting uh, pulled over or anything else so uh and again for a dollar yeah like you can't beat that you can't beat it and there's also um i think memberships Mm -hmm. or free rides with a library card so i mean it's it's super accessible um and again that's important you know when people decide on a place there's a couple of amenities people look for you know it doesn't have walking paths it doesn't have uh bicycle paths or share rows Mm -hmm. uh does am i going to feel safe you know exercising and or jogging uh cycling you know sharing the road um is is that facility there you know is it is it accessible um and it doesn't function properly is it like it's supposed to you know is it safe and these are all questions that people, you know, when, when they're shopping for different areas. And we have, again, a lot of engineers come into the area that are choosing between Palo Alto and Austin and other tech hotspots. And for, for us to convince them, like, yes, you know, we are fast forward. You know, we do have uh, a couple exciting things, uh, which leads me into the next uh, topic, uh, the bike path. Okay. That's connected uh, across the state from Pinellas County all the way to Titusville, where right now is the terminus. Mm-hmm. But there's plans to extend that down through the sanctuary, Merritt Island Sanctuary, I believe, or, yes. or somewhere down the coast. Yes. So I, you're referring to the coast to coast. Coast to coast, <clears throat> yes. Which is uh, 250 miles. I know. It's uh, amazing from um, St. Petersburg yes. um, all the way to Titusville. And, um, and so you can explore Florida by foot or mm-hmm. by bicycle. So um, that, is, that is just absolutely wonderful. So we have um, the, the Brevard County portion of the coast to coast is underway. You know, we have the, um, the rail trail, the Florida East Central Regional Rail Trail. Which is huge. It's yeah. massive. Um, and so it runs from uh, Titusville all the way to Volusia County into Edgewater. Mm-hmm. It was completed last year. Um, and so the trail in downtown will connect to Max Brewer Bridge. Max Brewer, yeah, that's right. And uh, then, you know, it will tie in to the Merritt Island Na- National Wildlife Refuge. Yep. 
and you know go all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. That's so cool. Um, parking lot one uh, mm-hmm. at the Canaveral National Seashore. So that is going to be um, such a unique experience. Right. And um, and so that should be all happening within within the next few years. So Titusville, you know, is designated as a uh, trail town. Yes, it is. It's quite an honor. It is an honor. And, you know, economically, this is huge. It is very important. Yeah, I don't think people understand because it is so new. And when they did the ribbon cutting, I was very excited. I wanted to go there with my bike and, you know, and, and, and be a part of it. Conflicts got in the way. So, but I still, I still make a plan to do that. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a very avid cyclist. Um, I've done Shepherd Park where I dipped my wheel in the Atlantic and nine hours later, I was in Wikiwachi Springs with wow. a bunch of my buddies. Yeah, we averaged, uh, it's 140 miles, and we averaged about 19 miles an hour the whole way. Wow. With stops and, nice. you know, I mean, we were, we were booking. We were, we, were, we were going fast. And um, Space Coast Freewheelers, they, uh, they put on that uh, a ride. And it's, it's fun, you know. I mean, you're at 6 a.m., you're dipping your wheels in the Atlantic, and then you're in Wikiwaki Springs yeah. on the opposite side of the state dipping your uh you know wheels in the in the springs up there and uh and beautiful parks i mean wikiwachi springs is beautiful i mean i love kayaking over there and stuff like that but um so being an avid cyclist we didn't have protected roads you know that's that's a route that that shares uh highways and byways uh from coast to coast with this uh new coast to coast uh quote unquote uh rail system or or trail system there is no uh automobile automobiles allowed no No motor vehicles whatsoever this is a paved trail right now as you're going into more urbanized areas you may have to interact at times but you know just to get from city to city but but you're right this is a paved um you know 10 to 12 foot paved Mm -hmm. trail and uh, off-road right um so it you know it's a state-of-the-art trail system yeah and um, so we're, we are very excited to, to have those trails up in uh, the north part of the county. Um, you know, the Brevard Zoo Trail, uh, phase yes, two that of was that new. was yes. just completed. And, um, and so there was um, um, state and federal money used on that right. as well, but that was a partnership. And that, and that, w- that goes from, for people who don't know, um, Brevard Zoo is on Wickham Road, right by 95. And this... Uh, trail now goes all the way south to Pineda. Yes. And then mm-hmm. now they're finishing phase two, which spur. is... I think it's spur. Turtle Mound. Turtle Mound. Yes. Okay. So that's, I mean, I think uh, it's three miles from it's Bavard Zoo miles. to Pineda, and then an additional yep. phase two is probably yep. another couple another miles. Another two miles, yeah. That's so, cool. So uh, Protected that, five miles through... Yeah. It is beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. So these are uh, tremendous assets um, when they did the... Um, uh, ribbon cutting on phase two uh, mm. commissioner smith was there yep the the folks that came out the families uh that were riding it uh i it was just it was amazing so what a what a fabulous asset to have in the central part of the county i know and now you know um having commuted by bike for a couple of years i lived without a, an automobile i don't know if you understood that uh for about five years wow. i was only no, I cycling did i did my grocery shopping on a big messenger bag I did, yeah. I mean, I commuted in rain and, and anything else that life threw at me, you know, 40-degree temperatures, you name it. Um, I lived that lifestyle as a cyclist full-time. And people don't realize that, uh, you know, there are some roads that aren't super friendly. Right. Um, I've had interactions with vehicles. Um, it's uh, we, We've been known as 
the not so pedestrian, not so bicycle friendly county for a little bit. Um, I've lost several cyclist friends mm. um, recently. You know, it, and and I don't, I don't need to mean to to, to start controversy because I know it's not controversial. Mm-hmm. It's you know I know there's plans in there. The existing infrastructure maybe hasn't done it, but all the new improvements uh, are you're seeing the bike lane, you're seeing the share rows um, that encourage vehicles and cyclists alike to share the road. Mm -hmm. And so it's more of just an education. Um, And I know, (laughs) speaking of controversy, I know that you're probably not responsible. That's that's more of the DOT. Uh, but the A1A improvements mm-hmm. between uh, in Her Beach and Sally Beach with the crosswalks, people mm-hmm. are very confused with those. Um, now we got the blinking lights. You know, I know Melbourne Beach has like flags, and the Atlantic has you know crossing flags mm-hmm. provided. So when you use a crosswalk, you grab a flag, and that indicates to you know vehicles to hate to stop. And you know when there's a pedestrian in the crosswalk, even if it's not on your side of the, the road, mm-hmm. you still have. Uh, obligation to to, to to wait for that pedestrian to completely cross before you move your vehicle. Um, again, education is more of anything. And, and it, the only reason it's controversial is because people aren't taught that. So exactly. then when it happens and it's a surprise, right. then they're like, who did this to my road? Exactly. Yeah. You've definitely uh, got that right. Um, <laughs> the, you know, the, the uh, mid block crossings, um, I think there's six that was put in satellite right. beach. Um, you know they were they were very controversial um mm. and then it's the rectangular rapid flashing beacons which are yes. very um rapid flashing beacons I like you know, that. very bright <laughs> right. um but the feedback that we've gotten uh, now that the you know the law enforcement were out, was out there right. we actually did some public involvement uh, along with the, the city of satellite beach and law enforcement we were out there and stopping people that were trying to get over to go to the beach Right. Talking to folks, everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. It has changed the traffic pattern. Right. Basically, people are slowing down. Um, they're not speeding as much right. as they were before, and from there, from Satellite Beach all the way to um, US 192, mm-hmm. there will be many more put in over right. the next couple of years, and I think that will change the flow and the feel of A1A. I mean, this is the, right. this is the beach community. Exactly. If ever there was a place that bicyclists, pedestrians, and vehicles can learn to interact together, right. it's on the beach. And so we are very um, um, excited right. that people are starting to embrace it. And it is a, it's a culture shift. It is a culture shift um, because if, if people are not used to you know, more intersections or traffic lights mm-hmm. or traffic um, – uh, utilities, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, so whatever that, <clears throat> excuse me, wh- whatever that, uh, that traffic signal looks like, uh, when, when there's new ones, mm-hmm. you know, kind of that just get introduced. Um, yeah, it may affect your commute. It may affect, um, you know, if you're, you know, like to have a lead foot, uh, you know, uh, Again, all, all big things when you talk about the people who have been here for a while and now mm-hmm. that, you know, there's changes and there's growth. And, you know, we're continuing to progress here on the Space Coast, you know, always trying to improve. Um, so it shouldn't be a surprise that, you know, when, when there, there's different uh, signal placement added and, and crosswalks added, um, this, this not only helps us as a region from mitigating you know a lot of loss of pedestrian life Mm -hmm. um especially you know because we're visited you know a lot of our economy is based on tourism 
and we're visited by all these beachgoers. And if they can't walk across the street to go get a slice of pizza at a restaurant right. when they're visiting a beach or something to that effect, I mean, we really got to be better stewards. We, you yes. know, we, we got to take care of our tourists. We got to take care of our visitors. We got to take care of, um, you know, the, the kids who may drop a toy in the crosswalk or something and delay a little bit longer. Or, you know, the, the, the retired uh, couple, you know, the, the seniors who are going to um, the beach and maybe they take a little bit of time, mm-hmm. you know, getting over the crosswalk. Um, so for us, you know, we, we you know, there's got to be a culture of patience sure. now coming into uh, the psyche and, and, you know, society in general has to embrace the, the concerns for our mm-hmm. citizens. And, you know, it's not a bad thing to be uh, low in pedestrian fatalities. That's like a really good thing. This is a really good thing. Right. We are, um, I, I don't know if, if everyone has heard by now, but Brevard County is number three in the nation in pedestrian uh, fatalities and serious injuries. That was a Smart Growth America report that came out um, earlier in the year. Florida's number one in the nation. And um, and so, you know, every Brevard County citizen is someone's loved one. We need to, um, you know, we're doing ourselves a disservice disservice by Mm. being at the top of these lists. And I tell you, talk about you know, uh, tourism. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, I think there was a record-breaking 126 million tourists that moved through Florida. Wow. And, um, you know, perception is what perception is. Right. You know, it makes you wonder why someone would want to bring their family to an area that uh, has a statistic like that. So there's a lot of reasons why we need to do better. Yeah. Um, yeah. In real estate, you know, people are searching online. They start their searches online. And there's third-party uh, real estate service websites mm-hmm. that I won't divulge uh, <laughs> or give mention to. Uh, but there's a new thing called walkability. And it's graded. You know, so right by the school districts, you know, how, how well is it? You know, uh, commute times. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all kinds of, like, different graphs and um, uh, stats mm-hmm. based on different parts. Of, you know, so if you're shopping a home in Merdan versus Vieira versus West Melbourne, they're going to have different ratings depending on the inf- infrastructure that's you know uh, been been put in place and um, and uh, you know you know installed and and now used uh, by the the community uh, by the you know mm-hmm. uh, of service of the government. So now they are implementing you know the these these walkability uh, scores to the search results of, of homes. And I think we need to be sensitive to that because if your community or your neighborhood even is failing mm-hmm. at that score, people are noticing. Sure. And when they're shopping for homes, um, as a homeowner, you, that, that may count against your home. So when somebody's deciding between Merritt Island and West Melbourne, for instance, uh, if they don't choose your home because of a lousy score in that department, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it, it doesn't do good for your home value. It doesn't, do good for you know the marketability of your property well we are uh, at the tpo our board directed us to uh, implement uh, vision zero which is um, basically a concept mm-hmm. that you know all um, acts serious injuries and deaths are preventable right so whether you're in a vehicle um, or you're on foot mm-hmm. you're a vulnerable road user bicyclist or a motorcyclist um, you know 90 percent of um, Fatalities, serious injuries are, you know, um, human error. 
And so it's going to take a three-pronged approach. And so we'll be kicking off our Vision Zero uh, symposium um, uh, at the end of September. Um, and so we're really excited about that. But we want to, all of our local governments uh, to embrace this. Um, the DOT um, has embraced it. And um, we have to do better. Um, you know, the only number that is acceptable is zero. Right. It, it shouldn't be 20 or 30 or 40. Mm -hmm. For Brevard County, it needs to be zero. Right. And so um, we are going to embark on that. And, um, and you know, the DOT, um, they have also had a culture shift. Um, mm -hmm. They, whenever they improve the road, whether it be a resurfacing or a widening, they are considering bike ped um, improvements. Right. That didn't used to be the case. No, no. It, 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 took, it took a lot of advocacy groups. And, Absolutely. And I've been a, a part of a lot of them. Um, I think there's a Florida Bicycle Association. There's a national level association for, for cycling. Uh, of course, there's USA Cycling, you know, who, who um, uh, manages the, the, the races and the competitive uh, sport of cycling. Um, and there's, so there's a lot of advocacy groups that mm -hmm. are in Tallahassee lobbying and, you know, you can't ignore the stats. You no. can't ignore so many cyclists were, were killed as a result of mm -hmm. lack of infrastructure. And, you know, some, again, some, sometimes it is the, uh, the driver's fault sure. and the cyclist's fault. But sometimes there's, there's just no room to coexist or there's just a, right. a flaw in, in the, uh, the infrastructure there. Uh, so whether it's like a, a, a road with a soft shoulder where right. nobody can really go, but it's also a 55 mile per hour zone. So, you know, cyclists is caught, you know, trying to share the road, staying left of the painted line, mm -hmm. um, and taking his rightful position in, in, in the lane. Uh, but without somebody realizing that, you know, they have to yield to them, uh, sometimes they get a little too close and that's where catastrophe happens. And it's a very, very unfortunate thing. Um, so. Anyway, let's get off that soapbox. Okay. I'll tell you what we're going to shift into, okay? The last, uh, we got about 12 minutes, 10 minutes. Let's talk about the ongoing projects. I know a lot of people are excited about the, the MECO extension, including myself and South oh, Brevard, connecting yes. 95 to Babcock. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and then, of course, then through ba Babcock to MECO. And we're also seeing that the um, our Melbourne Airport, Melbourne International, is getting its own Interchange. Uh, interchange, yep. Mm -hmm. That's going to help facilitate the airport traffic so people come right off 95, head down Ellis, mm -hmm. and access the, the airport yes. in only a couple miles. Um, can you elaborate or give us insight sure. as to if we're on time or, or what those look like? Yes. So um, the I-95 Ellis interchange, um, the construction is uh, anticipated to be completed around spring of okay. 21, so we have a little bit more time yeah. left. Um, and then, you know, the county has the parkway under construction from yes, 192 up exciting. to Ellis, so that yep. will tie in. Um, and, you know, um, the, the county also has Ellis Road under design for a future widening, right. which will be very important. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, we do have some right-of-way funding uh, in the out years um, set aside for, for the, for the right-of-way purchase of Ellis. So that is going to be an extremely important project. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and so we're, we're very much looking forward to that. You know, there's a lot of very prestigious, um, high tech companies that live, that, that are in the area around the airport. Oh yeah. Yeah. NASA and Boulevard is very busy. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, so moving, uh, of course, the Vieira Boulevard interchange, you know, we, we yes. had three interchanges under construction in Brevard County, which was huge. The first time in my, my history I, of being up yeah, here. Yeah, I've never seen that. No. And so um, everything seems to be going very well. Right. Uh, I know there was quite an outcry. There was a lot of pushback. I'm surprised nobody's been uh, commenting on that, you know, that, you know, do you like or do you not like the diverging diamond Let's let's see your comments if you're watching live on Facebook. Um, but so far, so good. So far, so good. Um, and I think um, you know it, it will take about a year for traffic volumes to settle down. Right. Um, it is predicted to take tra traffic off I-95 in Fisk and Wickham, good. and there is also going to be improvements at Fisk. There's going to be um, a longer, you know, additional turn lanes at Fisk, which will increase that capacity at 95. Excellent. So moving down to the south part of the county, yes, um, 95 uh, at Mico, um, you know that's going to break up that very long stretch between Fellsmere and. It is kind of a long stretch. And like, if you happen to miss no man's land, <laughs> Malabar Road, right, you have to go all the way down and then turn around. <laughs> right, all the way to Palm Bay Road. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the future. Um, so the, the city connector uh, to the west mm -hmm. uh, from the interchange to Babcock, the city has that under construction. And so uh, that's moving forward. Um, I think that construction should be, for the interchange, be done around the summer, late okay. summer. And um, the connector road, a little bit after that. It's not quite on the same timeline, but the city and the DOT is working closely on that. Perfect. So, um, you know, then we've got South Babcock. Um, which is a county road. Right. Um, but shares with city of Melbourne. Yes. And at yeah. around a certain point. Correct. Right. So, um, so the section from Deer Point Road all the way to Malabar. Right. Um, is currently in it's the PD&E phase, which is the environmental phase, project okay. development and environment. That's um, finishing up. And design is programmed in fiscal year 21. Okay. So uh, that will be mo moving forward, and the DOT will be uh, implementing that, administering that design. Unfortunately, we do not have right-of-way or construction money. Right. Uh, the right-of-way is going to be um, very expensive. Okay. And, um, and so that would be one of the projects that is not going to be happening um, anytime in the very near future. We're talking more long-term, just due to the right-of-way. Um, and then, of course, you know, you've got the St. John's Heritage Parkway. I, there's been some um, uh, discussions about connecting from Babcock a portion of the parkway that will go west mm. and north up to tie into Malabar. Right. And so, you know, the whole purpose of the parkway when it was built was to create that new north-south travel route. Exactly. Um, and um, it will relieve congestion at, you know, the existing roads, and it also will tie in to the east-west roads. Right. Um, we need redundancy in the system. Oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. the vision of it to begin with. Minton to Emerson at any given time, because that's, yeah. that's the only artery, you know, or Jupiter or Pace, you know, the mm -hmm. to access northwest Palm Bay. So now that Emerson connects to the Heritage Parkway, I'm seeing a little bit of alleviation. Some people, um, I think most of the citizens understand now, you know, some of those residents in that area understand now that they can access, you know, mm -hmm. a western portion uh, to get to 95 and, mm -hmm. you know, commute. That way, you know, when everybody bum rushes Mitten there, I mean, it's just, it's one of the busiest intersections. Yes. So any, anything to alleviate that stress would be great. Um, and that goes for Mitten, you know, all the way to, to Malabar Road as well. Mm -hmm. um, I really like to take the Heritage Parkway all the way uh, to Malabar Road. 
and uh, because I frequent um, the end of uh, the west portion of uh, Malabar Road for recreation. And, uh, and so for me, it's like a really easy commute instead of 95 Malabar right. Road. And then you got to go through all the commercial zone, mm-hmm. all, you know, light after light after light. So I know for me, I'm excited about it. You know, yes. you have Heritage High School out there as well. And, you know, once it does connect to Babcock and wrap around that southern part of Palm Bay, it's really going to help some places that have been um, marginalized because mm-hmm. it, it's hard to access. Sure. You know, I will say that um, this is the very early stage. Right. Um, it's a it's an alternative corridor analysis. Okay. Uh, prior to the environmental study, so we've got a long ways to go. Right. Um, and w- and what um, will have to be determined is um, how will it relieve traffic off the state highway system. Right. What is it going to take off on ninety five exactly. and Babcock? And so. Um, we need to make sure that it does that because it will be a very expensive project. So it's got to it's got to make those two hurdles sure. uh, before we can move forward. So, um, um, and you know, uh, Babcock uh, from Malabar up to Palm Bay Road, that mm. project is a little further along. That's the state road portion okay. of Babcock. Um, design is complete and has been sitting on the shelf, and we have right away programmed over uh, almost five years. Wow. Um, but no construction money. And, um, and again, you know, it, it's uh, Babcock and Palm Bay Road is the busiest intersection mm-hmm. uh, in Brevard County. It's 68,000 cars a day moving through that intersection. That's amazing. So, uh, you know, we have some very, um, you know, big projects that are needed. You have some opportunities, yeah. We have opportunities. Yeah. Um, we just need a, a, an infusion of money right. um, to kind of move these projects forward. 192 in Hollywood and Evans is, a, is another big intersection mm. uh, job. Intersection improvements, um, adding capacity at an intersection can really give you a lot of bang for the buck uh, because, you know, it's not quite, you're not buying um, millions of dollars in right away. Right. You're just buying little corner clips and you can add turn lanes and, and just add the capacity. Yeah, when you use the word uh, or the term right of way, you're talking about the public swales private property that you have to purchase from the municipality or private owner. Correct. Exactly. And many times right of way uh, acquisition can uh, exceed the cost of construction and right of way acquisition is an unknown. It depends Mm. on market value. Right. And so um, that's, that's a big one. Uh, And so the more right of way you need, uh, the longer it's going to take to move that project forward. (laughs) So before we, because we're counting down, and, okay. I, and I still know we have a couple uh, hot topics. Okay. Um, what else should Brevard uh, drivers be wary of? Uh, some, you know, let's talk about some of the active construction zones going on that, that maybe they could avoid or understand well, what's going on. Um, A1A and 520 uh, right. just started construction uh, in Cocoa Beach. Um, and the purpose of that project, uh, you know, they're, they're lengthening some of the turn lanes, uh, which, you know, will be really important to add capacity. But the interesting thing is that the, the purpose of that project was to make it more walkable. That's what I understood. Yeah, yes. it's a beautification project, more yes. medians. Because um, there's a lot of tourists that go in through that intersection. A lot. Yeah, Ron John's right, right exactly. there. Exactly. So um, you can do both without right. having to make very wide intersections such as Malabar and Palm Bay Road mm. uh, and Malabar and Bobca- uh, Babcock where mm. it is you know very difficult for a pedestrian to even get across the road. Exactly. Um, and so 
this is a perfect opportunity to, to just kind of tighten up the intersection but then add capacity. So um, that one comes to mind. Um, the majority of the projects that we have going on, there's some resurfacing here and there, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, they're kind of in the pipeline. They're going through all the different phases of development, you know, the environmental study, the design, right. um, you know, and then, of course, the right-of-way acquisition. And then when it finally gets to construction, that's when you see the road uh, being torn up. Right. Um, so um, uh, those are the big ones uh, that are kind of underway right now. Perfect. And before we start to wind down, because I, I want to give you an opportunity to plug some uh, upcoming events or symposiums, okay. town halls, what, okay. whatever we have um, t to offer there. But I want to quickly, I have uh, available your uh, new, newly designed. Yes. Fresh interface on your website, and um, so as you can see already, you got the big banners uh, talking about different uh, events going on, walk to school day, and uh, all kinds of different things. Sign up for the newsletter. Yes. Um, what would you say is the most important part of this website for the community and, and residents, drivers alike? I would check it routinely. Um, you know, see um, and sign up for the newsletter because you will, you know, any any uh, traffic um, issues, detours, um, you will be aware of it. Um, and I would also sign up for, you know, the newsletter um, so that you can find out about any public uh, information, um, you know, public events that we're going to be having. Um, you can also click on projects. You can find out what projects the TPO uh, is doing in-house, in what mm -hmm. studies we're doing. Um, and you can also find out, you know, uh, some details on some of the specific priority projects that I discussed, uh, some of them. And by all means, you can also call our office. Um, uh, I am always uh, available, and I will, if I'm not, I will get back to mm. you as soon as I possibly can. And, um, you know, we, we want you uh, to be involved, uh, come to meetings. Um, you know, come to the TPO uh, Technical and Citizens Advisory Committee meetings or the board meeting, and you always have an opportunity to speak. Uh, you fill out a public comment card, right. and so the opportunity is always there. And, and I would encourage you to get involved in what's going on uh, in in transportation. Exactly, I like it. I like it. Uh, so between the the newsletter sign up, spacecoasttpo.com. Um, you guys also have a Facebook page. We do. Uh, and I know I follow that. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, listen, I'm probably one of your number one fans, uh, because you know, not only do you, you guys keep that up to date with all kinds of, uh, really cool, um, uh, knowledge, uh, events, you know, uh, and other insights, but the, um, but I follow it because again, it, it, it's, it's everything, whoever's operating it and, and offering the content is doing a good job. Because they're very Thank insightful, they're, you know, they're, they're sharing relevant information that I yes. think that everybody can enjoy. So um, She does a great job. Yes, so Space Coast Transportation Planning Organization, all spelled out. You can find their Facebook page, Space Coast Transportation Planning Organization. They actually commented on our, our uh, live feed today. So if you're listening to this and you would like to learn more about them and, and see what they have to offer on Facebook, uh, just head to the, uh, the video and you look in the comments section and, uh, and find them there. Um, of course, they're easy to find even in the search bar. But uh, for those listening, we really, uh, you know, we thank you for tuning in after the fact. And, of course, our live audience watching on Facebook. Uh, again, we do a live show for every broadcast. 
So thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, any any last wishes or to tell us about what you're doing for Labor Day? Oh, low key. Low key. I'd like to go to the <laughs> beach. I think we'll go to the beach. Leather weather pending. Yes, weather, weather pending. pending. We have <laughs> yeah. Dorian out there. Um, well, this is great. I want you to come back. Hopefully, you'll you'll visit us again to, to give us updates with the, the rest of your projects. And I hope you, as a listener, found a lot of value here. Again, tell your friends, uh, share the episode, whether you're, you're finding us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or, of course, uh, head to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Space Coast Podcast. Find the recorded uh, live video there and enjoy the replay. So with that, thank you guys so much. Have a great Tuesday. And if you are live on uh, Facebook with us, uh, don't go anywhere. Ruthless Politics is going to be joining us in the studio. So visit Ruthless Politics on Facebook, and uh, we'll be going live in a little bit. Georgiana, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Awesome. Awesome.